you could please pray, Come Holy Spirit, with me three times. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, we thank and praise you. If you created a universe that is 90 plus billion light years across, and you created it all effortlessly, and nothing is impossible for you, please send forth your Holy Spirit upon each single person here right now and calm our hearts to be receptive to the word of God, which is the word that saves and gives hope. And I make all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. just want to look back the last two weeks where we've been so we can understand kind of where we're going. So two weeks ago, when we weren't here yet, we heard that awesome gospel of Jesus calling the apostles. And, you know, he says, he says, come after me. And we see Peter and Andrew leave their nets. They have to leave something in order to follow Jesus, right? And then because they're now walking with the light of the world, they walk down the beach, which is a symbol of a time to make a decision. There's not total stability in sand, right? He's calling them to, to solid ground. And then and, or, and, or Andrew and um, James, they see this, and they actually leave their boat, but they actually leave their dad because they know that Jesus is the one who can lead them to their true father. And now they're walking in light, and there's this beautiful uh, thing happening where they're just seeing the witness of others walking in the light, and it's so attractive, and they want to go walk to that same light. We got last week there was this invitation for us to look at the Beatitudes. And it wasn't, again, how strong are you? It's, it's how weak are you? And not how prideful are you, but how humble are you to realize the gifts that the Lord has given us? And then as we travel through the next couple of weeks, we're going to be going looking at you know, Matthew 5, then 6 and 7. It's all a Sermon on the Mount where the Lord is giving us a way to live. He's showing us the instructions of what it looks like to follow him. And that can be scary, Right? Because if I'm really going to be a light, as Jesus calls us to be, I'm really going to be the salt of the earth, or I'm going to be a, a mountain, you know, to really shed the light of God upon this place. I, I, I'll be honest with you guys, I kind of feel like St. Paul more than anyone. He comes to the people of Corinth today, and he says, I did not come with sublimity of words or of wisdom. Like, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm sure many of you are, more, are much more smarter than me. And, he's a, and he says, but I, I made this resolution to, to know Jesus, to know him intimately, to have a relationship with him. He had one desire, but he said to know him, but to know him crucified. And it says, when he came to the people of Corinth, I think he's a lot like us. I think we can really relate to this. He says, I didn't come to you in strength. He says, I came to you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. But he said, I didn't use fancy words. He says, he says I just wanted you to know that the, the power of God is more powerful than you and I can ever imagine. And that just gives me hope. Because when we look at our, at, our, at our reading today, when Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world, or you are the salt of the earth, or you are you know, a, a, a light, a lampstand on a mountain, what are all those things for? They're for others. For those of you who've heard me preach before, I've told this story before, but when I was a freshman in high school, I'm not the best listener, um, but I do remember one teacher in particular in my freshman year in physics class. And he said, if you get one thing out of this class, please hear this. I just want you to get this one thing. And, he, and then I, he said these words. There's two types of people in this world. People that live for themselves and people that live for others. 
And he's like, I just hope, you know, when you graduate, you're a person who lives for others. Fast forward like nine, ten years later, when that kind of actually sunk from my head to my heart, I'm just about getting ready to be ordained a priest. And I just remember him saying that in class. So I, I emailed him, looked him up and emailed him. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know, like, you changed my life with that one statement. And he wrote back to me, he said, um, I'm so happy you're becoming a priest. I just want you to know I am Catholic. And the summertime I go to daily mass. He said, I remember, I remember that day. I knew that the Holy Spirit was working and I knew that you were listening. I don't think he thought it would take me 13 years to figure it out or 14 years or whatever it was. But there's something about that when you and I live for others and we don't live for ourselves, that means we have a responsibility. Like when you and I go around campus and we're interacting with people, that means we're either shedding light or we're shedding darkness. It means either we're spreading the salt. Again, what, what is salt for? It's so important to know what salt's for. Yes, it preserves food. It makes it taste better. Um, but also, anytime in the Old Testament when a sacrifice was offered, it, salt was added to it, right? So that means if there's going to be a sacrifice, if it doesn't cost you something, you got to put some flavor in it. you got to put some, something into it. But also, when any time an area was, was conquered by a certain military regime, they would spread salt everywhere so nothing could grow there, right? And that's why we, we use blessed salt. I have some in the back. If you want to get a room blessing kit, highly encourage it. Like, we need, this, we need these things to help us fend off evil that want us to live in the darkness or not shed light. But also, Jesus uses that beautiful image of a mountain, right? And, and a light being set in a mountain. He said, we, you don't put it under a bushel basket. And why that's so important is because when people would travel, they would look at that mountain. They knew, they'd know which way was home or which way was north, which way was south, which way was east. And that means you and I, we give direction to other people by the, how the way we live. And then we have to ask ourselves each day, is this decision going to, like, am I going to add flavor? Is it going to add flavor to my life, or is it going to make me bland and boring? If I do this particular thing, is this going to, like, keep my light lit, right? Or is it going to make me creep into the darkness? If I can make this decision, is it going to lead others home, or is it going to lead them to God only knows where? And what I think for a lot of us, as we, as we look at the campus, we look at our lives, I just don't think a lot of people know that there's another way to live. That's honestly how I look at, at the campus. I'm not pointing fingers at you, but I think in general, a lot of people don't know that there's another way to live. What if you've ever been a part of a community where there was just so much love in that place, there's so much mercy, so much joy, um, so much just like, it was almost like magnetic. And I've been a part of a few communities like that. And that's what you and I are, are, are like, what we're striving for. We're trying to invite people into. The last thing I just want to invite you to, to meditate upon this week, because I often think of, like, what are we being invited into this week? And I think that the invitation is we got to pray for a deeper spirit of unity. There's such a temptation to do things on my own. Recently I heard this African proverb, and it said, if you want to get there faster, do it alone. But if you want to go further, do it together. So I'm going to repeat that. If you want to get there faster, do it alone. But if you want to get, get further, go further, do it together. It means it's going to be slower, right? But the image that I, I think of, I just want to end with is um, when I was in seminary, I had an opportunity to go to Jerusalem for 10 weeks. 
And one of the things we got to do there is we got to go to the Holocaust Museum. And if you've if you been there before, there's one room and there's all these mirrors in the room and the whole room is lit because it's reflecting from one light. So that means for us, what we're either called to do, maybe you, you know you have the light of Christ in you, you know that you're a difference maker, you know you're meant to move and shake things. An invitation is to bring other lights around you. Because think of how much brighter that room would be if there's more, more candles lit in it. But the other thing is, if you don't think you're a light yet, you're like, I'm, I'm not there yet, and that's okay, all right? Again, we got weakness, fear, trembling, St. Paul, I'm with you, right? But then the invitation is, can you at least reflect the light? Can you at least reflect the light? Make decisions, say, I can, I can at least hang out with this person, and, we can, and I, I can mirror that, I can shine that somewhere. I can support them, I can encourage them, I can affirm them. And it's also when you think of, if you, for these who are athletes here, like when you're at practice, like, like come together and think of how much further your light could shine if you were all together. The image I often think of is like if you have like one cell phone lit and the light shining, but if you have like 50, like it just looks so different. And then if you and I shine together, like how much more of an impact we can make to show people on this mountaintop, right, where there's another way to live. And, we, and then after we conquer that area and bring the light of Christ in it, we got to preserve that. And that's where we, we, we actually literally use salt on campus to, to say, no, this is the Lord's. These, these are children of God. They are made for a different way. So I just want you to just really think about that question this week. Each day, is this going to bring flavor to my life, this decision? Or is it going to make me boring and bland? Is this decision going to make me shed the light of Christ for others or make me put in the darkness? Or is this decision going to help people be found or be lost? Everything in our faith is an invitation. The Lord will never force you to do anything. But the good thing is, if you're like, that scares the living crap out of me, right? Look what St. Paul did when he relied upon not himself, but the power of God. The greatest evangelist to ever exist. And he said, he didn't want your faith and my faith to rely upon human wisdom but the power of God. Again, the God that created a universe effortlessly that is 90 plus billion light years across. The God that created over 400 billion stars, knows them all by name, but what he desired more than anything is a relationship with you and me. And not just any relationship, but the relationship where he knows you by name. And nothing in your life is unimportant to him. And St. Paul knew that, and he had to share that with others because he couldn't stand people living in the darkness. He couldn't stand people suffering. And he knew he had a responsibility. He knew he had to respond to that good news. But it's much easier to do when you do it with others, when you're not going at it alone. So we can go really fast and do it alone, or we can go far and spread that light far, spread the salt far, bring in people from the farthest ends, but that means we gotta do it together. Let's make it a goal this week to commit to community and make decisions that are best for others and not just for ourselves. Amen.